Hello and welcome to this special edition of Three Peas in a Pod, brought to you from P3C Conference in Dallas. I'm Paul Jarvis and I'm joined by my deputy Jonathan Davis. Hi Paul. In this episode, we'll be discussing what's been going on here in Dallas, putting our fingers on the pulse of the P3 market as industry experts from across the country have gathered here in recent days. Now, I must admit, over the course of the few days we've been at the conference, I have been playing a little game I've named P3 Bingo, ticking off some of the classic phrases that are trotted out at these events pretty much all over the world, really. So let's see how I'm getting on. You've seen one P3. You've seen one P3. P3 is a tool in the toolbox. P3 is more than just the financing. P3 is not a panacea or a silver bullet. And yes, it looks like I've got the full house. To be fair, I am probably being a little bit harsh on the industry, and certainly some of these phrases do bear repeating, particularly as the industry looks to educate the public sector about what to expect when embarking on a P3 project, particularly for the first time. But I do think, actually, that one of those phrases has this week been one of the key themes, really, and that's the one around financing. Jonathan, you've actually been working on the future of financing before this conference began. So perhaps your best place to talk a bit more about what we've been hearing and seeing. Yeah, it's been a really interesting machination over this conference, as you're seeing people really kind of change the focus of what P3s are doing for people. You used to hear over the last couple of years, particularly since IIJA last year, it was all about leveraging the finance and getting ahead of the game and catching up on the money that couldn't be spent during COVID. Whereas now, it's really, really different conversation. And it all centres around what is the value proposition of a P3. As Paul said, one of the buzzwords which has been going around a lot is it's more than financing. And I guess there's been lots of conversations aimed at the public sector trying to really get across what it does that is more than financing. And of course, it varies a lot from sector to sector. Sometimes in, say, social equality or, say, environmental projects, you're able to lock in some different specifications that perhaps you wouldn't be able to do as a public sector in other procurement methods. Or it might be getting control of timescales. And that's something that we know that the equity members in this um, industry are keen to put forward. But it's been really interesting to see which foot the industry puts forward. And this is all, of course, in the context of immense funding going into the industry, say IIJA. There is a real sense that public sector are going to be delivering projects, but maybe not through P3s quite as we know it. Yes. And as alongside IIJA, there's IRA. And we talked about this actually, didn't we, on I think our last podcast, looking at it actually from a UK perspective, where people are a bit worried about how it's skewing the market in terms of the US is where the incentives are now for people to go. And I think the question of that money coming down and flowing down does mean that there's less perhaps incentive. If people are trying to get that money out of the door, and that was certainly something that came up in one of the uh, conferences today, people are getting trying to get the money out of the door because they don't want to sit there at the end of the programme and say, well, you know, we had the opportunity or we had X amount of money that we had bid for and won. It's very difficult to say to your populace but we didn't actually use it it's gone now so from that point of view people may be more reluctant to go down a complex procurement route 
Yeah, it's definitely one of the scenarios that we're seeing. But at the same time, as you've got all of this money coming in, inflation is decreasing the spending power of that, especially over the long term. So the best way that I think I saw it described at this conference is, yes, it's not free money, but P3s might be one of the ways that you can optimize the money that you're spending. And I think that's quite a nice way of actually summing up, that it won't be, as we've heard many times, maybe there's another one for bingo, that it's not P3 for every project. And that's obviously true. I think everybody does know that. But finding the right one was a big theme for this uh, conference, I think. You're seeing which sectors... Does it have the most natural suitability and perhaps which sectors it doesn't? So in some ways, yes, it perhaps hasn't been the most bullish in terms of P3s, but maybe it's a sober and quite realistic assessment, which is actually ultimately more useful for all areas of the industry. Yeah, and I think it's also an opportunity, isn't it, for people to take a slight step back and think about where the procurement tool works the best because it is just a procurement tool at the end of the day. So thinking about how it works, where it works, why it works, it's probably quite a useful thing to do. And I think that was something, again, that came up in some of the sessions. Yeah, absolutely. We saw Sam Chai from Qit kind of stressing this point, saying, you know, 10 years ago, there were lots of big transportation projects. And now maybe we've lost some of the lessons that we've learned at that time. So it's about, as you say, taking a step back, kind of going back to basics, what is the value proposition and how can we get good quality infrastructure delivered and a healthy pipeline? Because I think we, there was also an economist there saying that you've got contractors have got the biggest backlog that they've had in recent memory. So contending on which is the right place, both for the private sector to spend their time and energy as well as the public sector to spend their funding there's a lot of moving parts so it's good to see kind of frank conversations actually happening yeah and i think that actually circles back to what we were saying a little bit earlier about how the money coming through the federal government is skewing the system a little bit i think you know in terms of the private sector being not overwhelmed by the work but certainly being able to pick and choose their projects and it's been interesting i think again at this conference, to see quite a few non-US companies on panels and in sessions. And I think there's definitely, that's the sign that there is a healthy market to be to be got at here. Yeah, definitely. And competition is one of the main reasons why people go down P3s, isn't it? It's necessary. So whilst I'm sure you've got some of the homegrown firms probably aren't delighted that there's more people going to be fighting for um, fighting for projects, but Ultimately, it will is a healthy environment. Yeah, and I did that again. Someone I can't remember which company it was, but did say on one of the panels that you need competition. You need more than one bidder on a project, more than two bidders on a project, because you know, again, one of the benefits of P three, bar the financing, I'm saying it's something other than financing, is that you create a healthy, strong competition, and you get the best results as a result of that competition. So, yeah, I think. Most would probably say, actually, yeah, the more the merrier, within reason, I guess. Yeah, yeah um, definitely. And I think, actually, another theme that's probably not unrelated that we've seen this week is the continued heavy focus on progressive P3s. I think, you know, we've heard plenty about these over recent months, and you've written stuff, I've written stuff, we've talked about it in podcasts, you know, progressives, what are they? You know, we talk about early contractor engagement, pre-development agreements, all these kind of buzzwords that have coalesced really around the the progressive phrase 
So what's your take on that, Jonathan? I am quite, I'm quite, I'm really optimistic about them. I think, like you say, there, there are a lot of buzzwords, but when they're kind of distilled into what their core is, it's a close partnership that's quite well defined in where it starts, but where it ends is unknown. And that gives it a lot of flexibility to be able to deal with some of the major headwinds, which we haven't mentioned yet, like you know supply chain volatility, inflation is on a lot of people's minds. So it is really helpful in helping to navigate that. Whether it's the whole new thing and it's the end of DBFOM, you know, time will tell. We speak to different people and they'll tell you different things. But it certainly is a focus. And I've written a piece that will be out soon that, again, this is another thing that's really strong. There's a, there's a lot of infrastructure that needs to be delivered. Progressive P3s could be doing some of the most important projects. So the more conversation that's had, the more lessons that can be learned, is gonna, it will be a good thing. But for the traditional DBFOM industry, you know, some of them are going to really have to be thinking about how, how do you respond to this? I did speak to one really interesting person in the industry who was talking about inflation and was saying DBFOM is, is not dead. And that as inflation, we kind of, a lot of people view it as really, really volatile, but maybe it's just going to stay high. And if it's in that case, people can do projects on 8%, just the same as they can do it on a, on a steady 3%. So maybe there is a silver lining for DBFOM, but I'm really bullish on progressive P3s. I think that they present what public-private partnerships are supposed to do, which is that real partnership element. Yeah, and the partnership of the risk as well, and, and actually getting into the kind of detail of what the risks are between the parties, where they fall, where, who's best place to take them. And actually, as one person was saying this week again in their words eliminating it i'm not sure necessarily you can eliminate all risks but actually you know if you if you're getting into a project early enough then you can see what the issues are and actually rather than having to price that in almost at a a guess you can uh, kind of work that out in partnership with your public sector authority and come to a reasonable negotiation around that yeah definitely someone said you know the whole point of a p3 is that Private sector can put a dollar value onto a risk, which then you can transfer. That's always been the kind of traditional method. And, you know, it's definitely going to be helpful when you can't do that right now. That's the whole problem is that there's a lot of areas where the risk is so volatile. We saw Ballard's Far recently penned a piece with us talking about that progressive P3s can be used on commercial problems, which is why they're becoming more in the frame at the moment. So, Maybe you don't have to put a dollar value at the moment. You can work together to minimise that and that will be healthy. So, yeah, it's really interesting to see and talk to people about how they're actually using it. So fascinating area and definitely looks like it's going from strength to strength. Yeah, and I think actually probably as people are listening to this, they're probably getting a sense as well that this conference is perhaps less about the the high-level announcements, The you know whether it be announcements of we're going to do such and such programme or these are the sort of key themes overall that actually a lot of the conversations have been much more in the detail than perhaps we've seen in previous years yeah. and that's perhaps a sign of a kind of a maturing market in some ways yeah definitely and that is it surely it's only, it's only natural really isn't it i mean last year everybody had their dreams of how they're going to use this trillion dollars that's come in and this is figuring out what to do it and it's also what to do with it and also it's figuring out really how to do it because it's not an easy environment for these things to get done. So 
yeah, it's detail, detail, detail. And sometimes the devil is in the detail, and that looks to be an area which collaborative P3s can actually really help. Yeah, and I think you've had some sessions where you've seen that being discussed as well. Yeah, definitely. So getting down in the detail, that a couple of the sectors are the sessions that really stuck out to me. One was about transit-oriented developments, which I remember last year, this was an area that was really, really being put forward as an area that really works to get the best out of what P3s can do, which is handle the complexity of lots of different elements being put together, perhaps different jurisdictions or different authorities who perhaps aren't used to doing real estate, which I'm thinking of the kind of transport departments where that's not their expertise. This time, it was really, really getting down into the details. And there's a lot of difficulties. It's a really particular sector. And that's interesting to see because in the lead up to this, we've seen some really interesting projects kind of come online and big ones as well. I'm thinking really of Rhode Island's Dorham Street P3 project. So they're tricky, but they are getting done at the same time. Whether there could be other mechanisms put in place to try and help that, that was definitely part of the conversation. I know you had an interesting conversation about some TODs. Yes, there's a lot of getting into the detail of those. But one person did mention to me, that interestingly, a project that they're working on, which is a, a TOD, started out more as a real estate play. And actually because of the federal funding that is now available, that's being restructured as a P3 TOD. So there's quite a lot of interplay there going on. Lots to be kind of worked through and worked out definitely. Yeah, I think that kind of is the sense that I'm really getting from this whole conference is there's so much happening. Nobody is going to be nailing down quite what the emerging themes are. It's likely to be lots of different things and lots of different ways of doing projects in different contexts. So I think it's a really fluid moment in this industry and talking of fluid water projects was one of the sessions which i thought was really really interesting and one where p3s both of their kind of traditional model and also the collaborative models are doing really really important necessary work so the pipeline no pun intended sure everyone's said that a million times looks really strong and one that is especially on the west coast getting more and more important so that's certainly one to watch yeah and actually one of the brighter spots, I guess, as well, from the conversations that we've been having this week, there does seem to be quite a lot of new transportation projects on the horizon as well. GDOT, NCDOT, Tennessee DOT, of course, who Tennessee is working through its legislation on that front right now. So that's quite an interesting uh, development as well, I think. Yeah, definitely. And who knows, you know, how many of these massive projects do we actually need to have a healthy pipeline at the moment, as long as they're scheduled correctly? Because we've seen lots of concerns about labour forces and I was in one public sector focus panel where they were telling people you know you've got to be careful because if someone's doing a mega project next door there's not going to be that many uh, construction workers around so lots of moving parts but that's certainly a really positive one. Yeah and I think actually on the flip side of that interestingly there's definitely been an increased focus on social infrastructure. I think we've talked about this before when we were in New York back end of last year for our awards and we had a few sessions and things there one of the things that came out of that was a focus on smaller projects actually rather than the mega projects and I think you know there are plenty of even larger companies that are looking at those projects as perhaps a way to um, diversify their portfolio a little bit and not be stuck with 
one major asset kind of being the focus of their portfolio. And social infrastructure, I think, probably fits that bill. And a few people have said that actually the IRA, the IIJA may help to make some of those projects that weren't perhaps suitable for P3 previously, maybe now they make them suitable. Where do K through 12 or schools projects fit into this? I know you went to quite a few of the sessions on that. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, there's a lot of excitement around the opportunities, I think, for schools. And certainly conversations that people have been having have been around the potential to do some of these as bundles. It's something that's been done elsewhere in the world. The UK did quite a few bundled school P3 projects. I think it's been done in Europe and Australia. And there is a growing recognition that actually, even though there are many, many school districts across the United States, I think someone told me it was somewhere around 14,000. Actually, within those, there are large enough ones to to get a bundled project that would be of sufficient scope and scale to attract, attract investors. Yeah. So I think we'll probably see some more of that. And of course, we've had Prince George's County representatives here this week really sort of pushing what they've done. And they've proved the concept. And more than that, they are so happy with their project and the way that they have gone about that, that first of all, they've launched a tender for a second project. And secondly, they've been here extolling the virtues of P3. And yeah, as, as you say, I was in one session with some of those representatives and they're proper advocates for P3 and really sort of impressing on other public sector people in the room the benefits of using the model. And again, you know, they, they say it needs to be in the right place at the right time. But yeah, a definite recognition of that. And I think Interestingly, there was also um, a representative from, from Austin here in Texas who was also, again, extolling the virtues of a P3. They haven't done one yet, but they're kind of very keen on that as a potential concept for them. Yeah, definitely. And I think staying kind of inside this school grounds, if you will, asset monetization is another area which seems to be really hot at the moment, where you've got authorities like schools or even, say, hospitals as well with so parking which we haven't quite seen yet but we're hearing that there's some kind of in the works where authorities are looking at their portfolios and going you know what can we do with this how can we increase our revenue how can we really take advantage of what we have and that is another really exciting area we haven't even touched on universities as well that's another one which has had a lot of focus so it definitely feels like there's lots of authorities right now you see them in the sessions asking really important questions um, even right from the beginning to you know some who are who are really wrestling with current procurements people are, are interested in this we don't quite know what form it might be for all of them some of them are breaking new ground like prince george's county but there's lots of emphasis and there's and there's lots of people looking at this model and work, working through it yeah and another area we haven't even touched on actually is energy of course mm. and hospitals, I mentioned universities, and work going around their energy plants yeah. is another area that is kind of ripe for investment that people are getting quite excited about. And interestingly, I don't think the sessions this week have actually really focused particularly on energy, perhaps because they've been more focused on the stuff we've just been talking about, getting into the, the details of some of the, the more thorny issues around you know, existing projects and, and getting initial projects off the ground. So yeah, there, there's a lot to go at. Yeah, definitely. It does feel like we've been, this conference has been dealing with some of the really big issues that kind of touch on all the different projects. And whilst we have dialed into some detailed ones like water, monetization, 
also with schools, which are all really exciting. It's such a big industry now with lots of different sectors being touched on. It would be almost impossible to really go into detail about all of them, no matter how big the conference is. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a really enjoyable few days. Yeah. And uh, it's been a real pleasure. Yeah, definitely. And just a kind of final point on that. I think I was having a conversation with Marshall McComber of the AIAI, and he essentially asked me a question about the P3 industry and sort of phrased it with, can you even call it an industry or is it industries? Mm. And I think that is what we're seeing now. And I think probably more and more as well, we'll be seeing specialists come through and working in different parts of the industry as we call yeah. it. Well, thanks very much, Jonathan, for that. That's been a really good uh, summary, I think, of what we've been listening to and uh, watching over the last couple of days. And for more on what's been happening here in Dallas, check out our website where we have news stories on the latest big announcements, big changes, and video interviews with some of the key players who've been here this week on a dedicated channel, P3C, on our homepage. And we'll be continuing to update that as well over the coming weeks as we... uh, into more depth on what's been talked about. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for listening.